you just would. To, yes, if you go to any quick trip out front, you'll see firewood, you'll see Art Lumber, and that's my brother ah. out of Anago. And he was telling me like how the whole thing is run, and it's like really one of the best run stores of its type in the country. Mm -hmm. Where they vertically integrated, you know, so much of the store. That's why they have so many brands that are, you know, white label brands. Right. Um, like the Urge really potato like trips. Yeah. 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 And they haven't grown. They've grown fast, but not so fast mm -hmm. that they're in tons of debt. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's. Yeah, they're they've been incredible. I mean, what a success story. You know, the years ago. Um, there All right, not to interrupt. Actually, to interrupt you, Bob, because I can. We're officially recording, so anything you say is now can and will be oh, being you recorded. You come back the first time in how long, and now we're officially recording. You have to do what I want you to do. I'm going to interrupt you whenever I brat, want. Brat, brat, yeah. well, if we don't, Just because I'm the youngest here. He has to get his way or he's going to take a soundboard. He's so proud of the fact so that he's brought his new equipment. Remember all that stuff we talked about those last few months when Dave wasn't here? Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when it wasn't recorded for By the, the way, podcast. congratulations, Gabe. On your ascension to uh, to your ascension to the presidency of the uh, Appleton Podcast Co-op, I'm the president. Of yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've officially uh, we voted, sanctioned you. Yeah, voted. There's a uh, you voted this. membership fee of when twenty dollars. Oh, good. He yeah, isn't we're paid implementing yet. that. I'll accept a check. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fool. <laughs> well, welcome to Pods and Pints, Appleton Podcast Co-ops evening oh, meetup, yeah, and I'm done. I'm gonna go grab a beer, have fun. All right. I used to Let's, do this at the funeral. Depending on a family, but let's just say this this 20 is a check. They'd write a check and I'd go, didn't bounce. Seriously, I would say that to the family. They, nine times, they would laugh. You know, sure I had they to would. play them to see how they were. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. Obviously, you know, oh. I bet they went, oh boy, this guy's fun. Yeah. yeah they, mm. they, I, my biggest compliment was to hear them say, you made it easy. Mm. And they would say that. And I love that because I did. I was um, nice and I didn't rip them off. Mm. You know. Everybody wants that. Should be something like a podcast for you. Is like the fun funeral director. Hey, come on, Gabe. Let's see what we can do today. Yeah, I joke. Like okay, that. people, we don't want anybody in the audience stiff or tonight. In the middle of the service, you had like sirens go off. It's like you're a one thousandth customer. <laughs> Here's a free casket. Like I joke, the the rabbi in town, the, the retired rabbi, who's really big deal, died. So we had his funeral, huge. The bishop was there. Everybody was there, and I joke, the bishop was there for the rabbi. Yeah, because he was a big. It was like a co-op effort. Yeah, yeah. yeah. covering all the bases. <laughs> they all so got the same boss, is what you're saying. Let me tell my story. So they were. I was. Well, now you're limo. getting that way. You, all I of a sudden, showing, you're the president, and now you're getting to be sassy. I'm driving the uh, limo for the family, and we're. You know, they wanted to go by the library that was named after him in town. So I did that anyway. And then they, the sister said, three cheers for Gabriel, and they did that. And then I said, wow, most families they, they jump out of the limo and kiss the ground. You know, they thought that was funny. So I just joke around with them. So. You know, I don't talk about the manner of death like, oh, yeah. And that was the funny part? Yeah. So what they was laughed. the manner of death? <laughs> oh, in San Bernardino, a lot of homicides. Mm. A lot of homicides. Yikes. Tons of homicides. In March, the summertime when the homicides are green. we had seven homicides already for that year. Just our mortuary, not counting the other ones. This is the city of 210,000. What, people just drive by and drop them off or what? I had some of those. I heard one on the scanner. They shot the guy. The fire department uh, stage, the police department goes in. They couldn't find the guy. Turns out they threw him in the car, took him to the ER, dumped him out of the car and drove off. Classic. And then the next day, the family's in there meeting with me. So, of course, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, I heard that on the scanner. But, you know. Okay, so wow. you have all these stories you share with us. When are you actually going to start your podcast about 
the the funeral home thing. I've been slowly working on it. It's like I was talking to my I cousin. took my time. I was slow. I was dragging my feet. I mean, Gary was like 12 when I started, you know? <laughs> Gary, that's your cue. Slurp. Yes. <laughs> Is this mic on? <laughs> Testing one, two, one, two, three. Oh, well. So you're going to start on that. Yeah, I did interview my cousin who I haven't talked to in 45 years. Oh, wow. She lives in Bartlett, Tennessee. Because there was a story about a bomb threat that I swear happened during my grandfather's rosary at night. And I always thought it was Tilly, that mortician that was set and fired to everybody, because he knew my aunt, my mom, but they don't. nobody really remembers it but me. Hmm. So that means I have to try to find police reports or something. 1966. Have, a lot of people don't remember. You'll have to do your research. I mean, look at just tonight. We had people who didn't hand, understand recent references in our lifetime. So you got to go back to 1966. Yeah, it's good luck. So. Back when Gilligan's Island was still on. So. Well, why don't you just sit right back and you'll hear a tale. Tale of a fate-filled trip that started for this tropic isle. Who is the only remaining character on Gilligan's Island that's still alive? Tina Ginger. Louise. Very good. I- Ginger Tina Louise, that's right. Have you seen pictures of her? Ooh. Then or now? Ooh, yeesh. <laughs> well, then she's, she's like 90. Yeah. I remember seeing a TV, like a, bio, or a documentary about them or something, and Tina Louise is saying, Gilligan's Island pretty much destroyed my career. And then it immediately <laughs> cuts to, to Bob Denver, and he goes, Tina Louise never had a career. <laughs> that's what he said. That was, you know what? Not too long ago, because she had some big birthday, they had an article in, uh, uh, with her in an interview. And she had said, you know, I used to think that, that it ruined my career. And she said, then I realized that I had to embrace this because, in fact, this is what I'm famous for. And this is how I'm going to now start making, you know, more money. She did a big public pronouncement once saying, I am no longer going to talk about Gilligan's Island when I do interviews. And I'm like, there's no reason for you to do interviews. Yeah. Because no one cares other than Gilligan's Island. It's like it's like that, that segment where, um, um, what's his name, Captain Kirk. Um, where he's on Saturday Night Live and he's, he's yelling at the people saying, get out of your basement! That's <laughs> hilarious. There were a shockingly small number of Gilligan's Island episodes that were made. Yeah, it was, it was like only like years. three years. Yeah, it was, it was like three, like three yeah, years. And, yeah, and they, even a lot of the shows like The Brady Bunch was not on that long yeah. compared to like some shows today. Well, The Monsters, that was two seasons. It, uh, and this side note, but there were a lot of those shows that were on that CBS took off because they felt they were getting too rural because they had like Beverly Hillbillies and Green Acres and yeah. Petticoat, Petticoat Junction. Junction. Did you hear the quote? <laughs> it says, CBS got rid of everything that had a tree. This is what they said. <laughs> I love that. Hmm. You know, they're all well, there goes Brooklyn. Yeah. I like to call it the Pettiverse. Because they were all sort of related to each other. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody kind of showed up in somebody yeah. else's show, you know? Yeah. It, uh, but okay, I love Green Acres because he's the only sane one, and yet <laughs> he's the one that everyone thinks is insane. You know, I mean, I love that show. I love where um, Mr. Haney's talking to him, and he's, you know, oh. he's always trying to. Mr. Haney, yeah, I got a free bottle of root beer for he's you. He's going having to stuff Spider Monkey, and he goes, "This is the actual." You can do the voice better. This is the actual monkey from the Scopes Monkey Trial. <laughs> he's trying to sell it. To him. The weird thing is, there are TV shows now that have been running for years, much longer than these shows, and I'd never heard of them. Yeah. Like I was watching, I had flipped to the USA Network, and they were like. This, the final season of Claws. I'm like, there was a first season? I've never heard of this show. And they're talking about this being the last season. It's like, 
I don't even know what it is. It's like the seventh well, season, I'm like, there was a first season. I'm not, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, uh, well, it was the first and the last either. season. They're just yeah. hyping well, it up. I, the know, finale. Part of that's because we've gotten so used to to looking elsewhere. You know, and picking the things that we want and that over-the-top kind of thing, you know, which is great. I mean, the problem with that is that um, if you are really compulsive about watching things, like especially now, you've watched just about everything you want to watch. Then you have to try and dig and find something new. Sorry. Here is a topic that is interesting. Lay it on us. And I've several, I've noticed this, I've made comments, and I've noticed other people I've read that have been mentioning as well. So when I so I started traveling 2007 I packed all my stuff away and basically for 13 years more than that 16 because I really took a lot of it out of storage this year mm. I brought it out plates everything else that was like 16 years since I put it away that mm. I'd not seen this stuff and as I was taking it out I realized nothing's changed <laughs> if you were to take a 16 year period let's say you start let let's say it was 1967 when I started traveling, and I was unpacking it in 1983. Everything is really different, right? The <laughs> yeah. styles, the fashions from 1967 to 1983. Nothing has changed. And I've noticed a lot of people, if you were to even go back 20 years to 2003, other than the fact that people stare at their phones mm. and TV sets are thin, nothing has changed. The fashion's not that different. The music's not that different. There's nothing that defines this era. It's not like olive green furniture in the 70s or something like that. Pink shag carpets. The refrigerator in the the kitchen, yeah. The early 60s versus the late 60s. In a small period of time, there were radical changes in design, fashion, things like that. And nothing has changed. Have you, am I you the only one that's noticed have, this? Have gotten well, I was thinking that you could or... probably open a clothing shop and probably sell some of those clothes because everybody will go for that whole retro look, and you could but probably. It's not get... retro. That's the thing. Well, but I mean, it's got it's got to have some look to it that's different than today. Other I mean, than Rachel's hairstyle in Friends, <laughs> I never watched Friends. I'm sorry. There's very little retro about thing. it that dates it, other than technical things. Jess, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I didn't hear you. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, What did I say? (laughs) I was saying, do you think that that people have gotten complacent with style design? Or um, are we just having an identity crisis in the 2000s? We don't don't know who we are. When when future generations look at us, everything is going to be able to... There will be one reason that will explain almost everything from the politics... And all the division and fashion and things like that, it's going to be the internet. Yeah. And it's hard to see when you're in the middle of it. People during the middle of the Industrial Revolution Mm. weren't talking about the Industrial Revolution. Mm -hmm. They just dealt with stuff as it was happening. Right. But things like social media have had such huge impacts and we're not even... If you look at the rates of depression and anxiety with kids, Mm, mm -hmm. it's just skyrocketed since 2013. Yeah. Um, A whole host of things. Mm -hmm. And so much of it has to do with the, you know, there are certain things like teen drinking, teen sexual activity have just plummeted. And you can say, okay, that's a good thing, but they're just not doing anything. Right. Yeah. I got one. Vaping didn't exist back in the 60s. You do a little time travel and show somebody a vape pen, and they'd be like, what the hell But you'd that? still see you people say, like hey, sucking on something, like, oh. 
I mean, yes, yeah, smoking the is much is less than it, what it was. Yeah, but the, the People idea used to walk around with newspapers, and now they walk around with phones. But the thing is, is that the smoking thing is that, like in America, we don't smoke as much. But if you go to the Asian countries, and you know this, there are some places where they... Indonesia. You know, yeah, they smoke just incessantly, you know. Isn't that the place where, like, the youngest kid in the world who smokes, like, a pack a day, and he's, like, this tubby little six-year-old that is just, like, huffing him down? What do you want? Yeah, it comes in at the end of the day. Hey, Ma, what's Trick time for dinner there, huh? Trick or treat. Yeah. But then this brought up, so, what, what, what was the year you think popular music was at its peak? Hmm. The best year. The best quality, or yeah, quality. Because I don't think it's today. Maybe, a lot of people, maybe in the future. Welcome to the subjective question yeah, of the night. Sure, but a lot of people say that, like, oh, it's when you were in high school. I don't think it was when I was in high school. I graduated in 1987, okay. but I think the, the popular music peaked around 1974. I was gonna say 83. Hmm. Oh God. 70s later crap. And then but there's a lot of. I think television right now is probably the best it's ever been. Or we're right off the peak from a few years ago. Yeah. The television shows of today are way better than they used to be. Mm. Movies have gotten worse, mm. mainly because television's gotten good. Uh, you can do things now with a TV show that would normally have been a movie, and so many TV movies now are just rerun, or, you know, repeats or sequels and stuff like that. Right. I think you music can put a lot has more gotten ads on TV shows than you can. And th movies, this isn't so. even subjective. Uh, they've been they've done studies looking at like how similar uh, music is to everything else around it. How many chord progressions do you have, or key changes do you have right. in music? And there's like almost none of it anymore. Everything's mm -hmm. just in one key. It's been incredibly simplified. Um, you do what sells on social media, right? Mm. It's things that people can sing along to. Right, and which is why I get back yeah. to my point. Like, you, the internet, we're in the middle of it. Right. But history will look back and see that this has been this enormous change that has affected, you know, every aspect of society. Right. I was reading something uh, today. I thought about doing a podcast on it, but it would be a little bit too difficult to do. And that is, uh, they were talking about how they have lost the accents in England. Yes, how, um, Which has to do, I believe, with the internet. With the internet, and that's one of the things they said. Whereas people previously had, you know, a more, and I don't know the definition of the types of accents, but a Cockney, obviously, but well, um, Liverpool and London and, are two different accents. You talk well, yeah, about that? But yes, but that oh, they really? have that they have blended so much, and that uh, like King Charles, his accent is no longer what you would expect from a royal, and that more people now talk like Adele than like <laughs> their traditional. Uh, but I, I even believe that the British accent, period, is starting to become closer to an American accent. That it's not as pronounced in a lot of people. I wonder, is that the same for the United States? With I think so. The well, United you know, States the has is... never had as many regional accents as you could find in, say, England. Where you could go 20 miles up the road and people would talk uh, differently. It's... I, when I worked at Pierce Manufacturing and I was customer service, I talked to the dealers from all over the country. I could pick out a Memphis accent just from that city. Do you guys... and also, my brother-in-law, I, I listened. we did some training. There was a guy, and he sounded just like my brother-in-law. And I said, where are you from? Peoria. And that's right near where my brother-in-law yeah. lived. So it's, it's funny, just cities. Years ago, people had more distinctive accents when they spoke. Because when you got into broadcasting, the thing they wanted everybody to have was a Midwest sound because it like had the Ohio. least... Well, um, a mix of everything? Influence of, of, of an accent. Yeah, but, I mean, if you... When I worked in Connecticut, 
uh, my sales group that I had around me all had different accents. Betty Spur, who was from Scotland, would say, and look at me and she'd say, well, what we're going to do today, we're going to go out and probably make some calls on some people. And Hugh John would be like, hey, boss, uh, what are you going to do today? You know, are we going to go out there and we're going to take care of that? So they all had very distinct accents back then, but... You know, it's been 30-some years, and I think that's just kind of all chipped Tonight away. Tonight in the Boston News, there's a wicked war going on in the Middle East. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you oh, see yeah. this? Yeah. There's, like, killing and blood. Speaking of friends, just to show off my picture of... Uh, Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry. The guy that died. Game, yeah. The Laker game that I shot when he walked right by. I think that makes you a suspect. It does. It does make so, you a suspect. And my corner friend and I were talking. It's going to be a natural cause. It's... Uh, Drowning, probably not drug-related, just natural. That's our By guess. the way, this is not Pods and Pints. This is a true crime podcast, and you're being investigated <laughs> yeah. right just now. Just from my mortuary experience. Yeah, but her. here's the thing. How do you drown in a hot tub? You get, you get, you 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 get drunk, or you, or you you take too much drugs or something, and you One fall asleep and slide and it's, in. It's at 90 degrees out there at that time when he died, and... My corner friend said she handled more than one person who died in a hot tub just from getting dehydrated. You know, Gabe, if you want to make more, if you want to make more friends and widen your network of, network of acquaintances, you should stop referring to your corner friends. No, she's really okay, cool. just say, well, she might be really cool, but you know, find a different <laughs> reference because my corner friend is like, oh yeah, you're fun. You're dealing with dead people. Oh, okay. Uh, what do you want to talk to me? I'll tell you about my Pierce manufacturing experiences or my mortuary. Experiences. I don't care what you Pierce. Don't, just don't show it to me. I enjoy talking about my friends in the mortuary. Yeah, and that's what I, I was working yeah. in the lab of late one night when my eyes deceived oh, uh, me of so this sight. When the monster story. from the slab began to arise, See, and was... suddenly, to my surprise, he did vanish. You can't stop Bob. You gotta let him finish. You when can, I was twenty, I'd go on level house removals. He's to... just gonna cut my microphone. Okay, I'm sorry. It's a multi-track so, recording. I was twenty, so. and I, I looked younger, so I looked like seventeen. I would go to a house removal, and they're expecting this guy sounding like Boris Karloff. You know, how do you do? And I walk in, basically. Oh, I played it up. <laughs> Young kid, they do a double. I would have had like made your skin really pale. Hello. And, like have clammy hands, like <laughs> yeah. make them wet. And my friend extend like my just with a she limp was hand. Female, and she was nice looking, and she was a year older than me. So we'd go in on a on a home room with the two of us, and they'd look like, "Where's the old guy with the you know, clammy hand?" <laughs> but anyway, so I, by one time I went to the LA Corners to pick up, made a remove. Right, so I'm there waiting in the the room, and then there's a doorway where the employees are exiting. Like, so this guy walks out. And I, I wish I could have taken a picture. I'm trying, trying to picture it, but he's, he's bald. He's got this weird look on his face, and he's, he's got this teeth all gapped, weird looking. And he's holding a motorcycle helmet under his arm. To me, you know, it kind of looks like he's holding a head. And he's, he's wearing the scrubs. He can tell that he works in more like a morgue or something. And as he's walking out, there's a, a mosquito zapper right next to him. And it, right as he walks by, and I'm just like, dude, this is just too, too stupid looking like classic classic morgue rat barking out looking all weird and I'm thinking dude you're not helping the business any. you gotta you gotta do something get a haircut grow some hair or something you gotta brand up you know what you need for your podcast you need somebody to co-host with you to draw these stories out of you because once you get going no seriously think about it think about it more than that you should have a podcast oh what I'm thinking here Gabe buddy is one of these days you just kind of drive by pick up a cadaver and keep going you know I've done that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to be a live to be a co-host. And all, the, all the old guys I work with, are, they're all deceased. But they would all of them, would, every one of them would say, I should write a book. I should write a book. Because every funeral director you talk to has got a million stories. <laughs> sure. that, but so you don't want to tell them. I mean, you know. Go interview all of those more. Well, they those... can't. You know, no. 
Well, they could change their names and tell stories that, you know. Well, that's the whole one I want to do is there's, yeah, mm-hmm. well, whatever. Yeah. Disguise so I, their voices. I have a quick corner question. Are yes. all corners? Over in the corner here, a quick corner count, question. Come on. Employees, or are there a few state coroners? I forget. How as far as I know, they're counties. So, county? Yeah, there's okay. different. Like there's medical there's freelancers. Coroners, okay. so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in my county, the the deputy coroners were investigators. There was a separate crew of the uh, pathologists that actually did the autopsies. Okay. Like Quincy, he he did both, and that's. Okay. That, that I was, I don't know. That, that he was LA County. He was uh, Mike Stiffman, freelance coroner. He was a, <laughs> he was a, whatever modeled after Thomas Noguchi, the coroner to the stars. Do you remember him? Yeah. I never saw any of those stars die, but okay. Oh, the Gucci anyway. family. Yes, I've got the book actually. Oh, yeah, I did too. Coroner. He did the autopsy on Marilyn Monroe, Robert Kennedy. Um, I forget. Who Took else. a lot of time on Marilyn Monroe. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, I he did that say that. as a pickup line. <laughs> he did say that. You know. Hey, I am the coroner. <laughs> corner to the, the stars, stars, baby. <laughs> he got in trouble for. Uh, oh. You know the famous dead people I've seen. <laughs> Robert Holden. What's Way it? Bob Holden. Holden. Holden, the actor. Robert Mayor. Hogan. Bob yeah. Hogan. Yeah. From no. Hogan's Hero, not no, Hogan. Bob Crane. No, no, not him though. Holden. Fraser Crane. I don't William know. Anyway, Holden. He was drunk. William Holden. And supposedly he was drunk, fell down in his room, hit his hunt on the end table, and died. Well, he, he kind of did that whole story, and then he just got really pissed off because he assumed. Some Bob Saget died. That he I was going to say, drink. I couldn't uh, remember who it was a couple yeah. of years ago anyway. that they said died that way. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, but he got in trouble for that. But. That's why you should always wear a helmet. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> don't do. stand up. We're all wearing crawl. helmets right now, actually. <laughs> Safety crawl you go. Safety Does anybody first. listen to this? No. We have like seven to twelve downloads. <laughs> and if so, Sweet. why aren't they here? I don't know. I'll because they're smart. <laughs> I think we have six downloads right here. Well, five because I don't download my own podcast. The thing is, is that uh, and this is uh, when I listen to the morning people, they're so grown up, you know, and they're so serious, and they talk about you know things that matter about it's podcasting. There's only two people, and, and it's I'm just like, me and Tom. Well, I know, but no, other times, other times when you've had <laughs> yeah, groups of people, and it's just been. That one yet, did you? Oh, it's published. It's out. <laughs> Raw and uncut. Toast, toaster talk. Yeah, that's right. Well, do one of those podcasts where you talk about your weekend for 20 minutes before you even... Like oh. those internet recipes where they talk about 500 things before they actually get to the recipe. You know, that's, yes. That's how you make toast. There's a podcast, a satirical podcast that makes fun of other podcasts yeah, called um, In the Scenes Behind Plain Sight oh, from good. Radiotopia. They have a podcast about a fake... TV show from back in the early 2000s that they're doing a podcast on and they're like, you know what people love? They love it when we do check-ins. So we're going to check in and talk about our week for the next 20 minutes. Oh what is that called again? In the scenes behind plain sight. Oh, okay. that sounds great. It's quite humorous. That's, I they do fake ads in it Gary too. Gary about that from way back. The same thing with politics. Leave it out, which Gary, you know, he leaves it out. So, you know, don't alienate people. So Some people get arrested for that. Really? It's true. <laughs> Yes, so. Gary, though, I think social media is going to be the thing that defines our... Or this social media, the internet. The internet. Generally, I mean, it's a broader thing. <clears throat> but, I mean, I mean that, that's had a big part to play with it, but I... It's taken out gatekeepers. <clears throat> it's created access to information that people all over the world now have. It's created jobs in the Philippines for many people in America. I hired a woman from the Philippines for several years. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I paid her four hundred dollars a month. Was it legal? She bought a a house. Yeah. Got married. Um, It's a very livable wage for them, and it's but for that same work. Doing it again, actually. For that same work, and for an American, it's like you could not get by four hundred dollars a month. I know we discussed this before, but the reason why so many of the uh, call services are out of the Philippines 
is because uh, of the influence of the Spanish and the ability to enunciate and speak a better, clearer dialogue um, that people can understand. Have I told you my ability to, uh, first of all, everywhere I've gone in the world, uh-huh. and I do mean everywhere, including everywhere. Antarctica, mm-hmm. I meet Filipinos. Because uh, they work on a lot of ships, they work mm-hmm. everywhere. And I always know Filipinos when I, when I see them. Because they usually, from their name or from their accent, uh, they'll usually have a, a Spanish-type name. Mm-hmm. So you see someone Asian, and she has a name tag, it's like Mary Castro. It's like, and I'll just, I'll just say, it's like, oh, where in the Philippines are you from? And they're like, oh, sir, how you know I'm from Philippines? <laughs> it's like, because your name's That's Mary great. Castro. <laughs> Why else? I, uh, huh. many years ago, many, many years ago, this has got to be 25 years ago, I had a computer that I uh, bought. And I was setting it up, and I had it all going, and, and had wonderful things on it. And I had a problem. And you remember when you used to get the uh, uh, the blank screens, or the, the white screen of death, or the blue screen of death, and yeah, there was nothing you could do about it? Well, I called up Dell. And not Adele, but Dell. And I asked for them some help. I said, listen, I'm at this point. I think I might be able to back out of this and be able to save it. I really need to save this information. And uh, You should have called Adele. Yeah, she probably There's a problem yeah. with your new PC. Uh, what are you going to do? You can't <laughs> fix it. Now you're calling me. <laughs> uh, so anyways, um, I'm talking to this guy, and uh, he's telling me what to do. And he says, first you must do this, then you must do that, and then we change it. And as we go along, I'm following everything he's telling me to do. And finally, he tells me at the very end, he said, this is very important that you follow this and you must do this very clearly. Okay, fine. What do I have to do? He said, now that we have gotten to this point, you must push the FN button. And when I tell you to push the FN button, you must do it immediately or you will lose everything on the computer. Okay, fine. He said, all right, one more thing here. Now Now you must push the FN button. I said, the FN button, FN button. Uh, I don't see the FN button. You must push the FN button. I don't see the FN button. And he says, well, it's right there. It's, it's right by the space bar. I said, I don't see. Oh, wait a minute. It's dark blue. I, I found the FN button. And now I'm laughing because FN button. And this is, you must not laugh at it. You're going to lose everything. <laughs> Fine. So we actually did restore it, but he didn't get it, the, the FN button. I so. could do a lot better with offshore customer service if they don't do those stupid canned things they tell you like oh how are you doing today well thank you for you know they could just say okay let me help you and do it instead how is your day going okay well i will be happy to help you with that mr cervantes yes and, you know i don't know i just hate they give them that canned speech that they gotta follow so i just the filler yeah, yeah. and i'm like why my name is Chaz winchester the <laughs> third yeah and they have this totally americanized name that let you know your you. name is not you, know, you yeah. can have Fred, a Freddy you can have a deep conversation with them, right? <laughs> I, I I felt the same way about um, so like going through the Starbucks drive-through. They now like a lot of times they'll have them say, "How are you doing today?" or "What's going on?" Right? Like they want like right? Like they care. <laughs> and I at first was like. Oh, this is so dumb. Just take my order. And I wouldn't really answer because some days I'm not in a great mood and nobody wants to hear that you're not in a great mood. And so I would just say my order. But now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to share how I'm doing. Now I'm usually in a good mood. So you're welcome, Starbucks employees. Um, (laughs) 
Welcome to Starbucks. How are you doing? I have cancer. <laughs> right. Great. Come on through. Um, but then I'll ask them how they're doing, right? Well, how, do you feel, nice. how do you feel about Quick Trip? See you next time. You know, see right? you next time. <laughs> I mean, they will see me next time. I go Just there. look at them and say, there will be no next time. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite funny. I, I know too many people that have died from cancer, so it's okay to laugh, but just to use that rebuttal. Well, is there hey, a threshold where if you know enough people it yeah, becomes it's like, funny? Yeah. It's like, hey, my fifth one has died. I can now make fun of it. Another hey, one bites the dust. Yes, but think about the potential. I mean, I don't want to talk. But think of the potential for Gabe. <laughs> well, that was one of my old bosses. He said when he was new into business, he said, you know, Good morning, Jones Funeral Home. And the guy goes, what's good about it? My wife just died. You know, you just don't say stuff like that yeah. when you answer the phone. Uh, you know, so little tricks. You know the there trade. are drive through places that are outsourcing that to India and the Philippines? Outsourcing The drive through Outsourcing? Like when you talk to someone to place your order, yeah. you're talking to someone on the other side of the world. Really? Yeah, I've heard of that. I don't know if it happens around here. I mean, right? if you think about it, it's just oh. like a video call or, a, you know, yeah, audio. Yeah. But then you get there and the person... There is someone so making it in the back, but the person that's handling the order is not there. They're just people mm. inside because they're trying to minimize the amount of staff in the building. Right. So, um, have you been to the McDonald's where they have the the big monitor and you put I everything don't in? Go to oh, McDonald's. Yeah. yeah, the kiosk. Okay. <laughs> Just on a fact-finding expedition. Just you don't even have to buy anything. Just go in. Fact-finding. Fact-finding. <laughs> or you could, if they have a fax machine, you could go on a fact-finding mission, too. <laughs> but I saw this in Europe, like, years ago, before okay. I saw it in the U.S. And, like, I knew yep. this was coming, because... And you didn't warn us? I did. You did on a podcast. You on my website. They had a lot um, smaller spaces to fit those But they're trying to can continue because labor is the biggest expense. Yeah. yeah. So they're trying to get it so, you, you know, you don't have to deal with anybody. Everything is handled with, you know, uh, that's why every place is taking credit cards now. Mm-hmm. Because a 3% credit card fee is better than having to hire a person. Right. And they've even, like, there's now robots that are, I mean, the Fry robot has been around a while. But they're now doing, you know, hamburgers and everything with it. I did a oh, podcast about wow. that, about how they were re- replacing all the people in the different fast food industry, uh, that they had exactly what you said, that they had robots that were making food, they had the chat GPT that would take the order, um, mm-hmm. and it was just like, okay, they're trying to eliminate. One of them that they mentioned was like like White Castle, I mean, or, and Perkins, and somewhere else, you know, and, and talking about these different places where they were trying to... Uh, a diner is harder. Yeah. Because they have such an open menu with so many things on it. Yeah. If you have a, a, a definite, you know, yeah. set menu of burger, fry, whatever, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to yeah. do that. It, uh, I think if you're um, going to a diner, people expect to have some kind of human connection experience. Yeah. Whereas if you're going through a drive-through somewhere, maybe you're, I mean, you're obviously on your way to someplace else, so you want to just get your stuff and move well on. and they had you know not too many years ago they would have where you'd go into a diner and you'd sit down and you and they'd have the little board and you could just pre-order everything mm. and then somebody just brought it out to you you know wasn't that a thing at chili my sushi out on west Col- on east college avenue yeah when you sit down they give you an ipad mm. and you just order mm-hmm. everything at your table mm. and then huh. they bring it out which seems rather Japanese. If you want the speedy service, but I think, I mean, there's an art form to what kind of experience you want to have at your restaurant, you right? But to bring this back to podcasting, do it. I've heard people talk about, you know, AI. Everything's AI. Oh, it's kind Everything's of, AI. And everyone's like trying to, to you know, oh, we're going to put AI in. It's like everyone can do this. This yeah. is not something that's going to be a comparative advantage for you. And when everyone does AI, not no doing AI is going to be 
your advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Having yeah. a real human saying real human things, because you can still tell when, mm-hmm. even, even, even if it's really good, you know, uh, yeah. artificial voices, you can tell there's a, a cadence, they don't make errors, they, they don't say anything funny, they don't say anything, you know, they don't have bad jokes they or puns or things accents. like that. You're just describing Bob. <laughs> <laughs> this no, pod, this what we're doing right now accents. could yeah. not could be done by AI. Here, just so you know. Would you just, could yeah. it improve though? Do you see? Or? No. Yeah. AI no. could do it better. Well, I do have <laughs> I a friend who's in <laughs> radio funnier. still. He's doing, he's in new, his news for it, but they are starting to run radio ads just with AI voices. And doing them, I'm like, okay, I can see that for like your really basic generic ones, but like the ones that Bob loves and I love doing when I was in radio was like the funny, humorous ones that actually had character and you know, funny voices, sound design, and a full full spectrum of stuff. But that those take time and labor, going back to the cost of labor to actually produce, right? Could AI AI make a check bouncing joke? Probably not. (laughs) uh, The thing is. You go, Bob. No, you're right. You're exactly right. There's no sense of humor in any of that, of, of the chat GPT or the AI, uh, and it's not able to replicate that. I have a friend of mine who's a screenwriter who just finished his uh, uh, script, and uh, when he got done, he thought, I wonder if I put this into a system, you know, like an AI, how it would come out. So he took his script, and he put the ideas into it to see how it would come out, and he said it was so flat. He said there was no inf- you know, inference of what I was trying to say or you know, the subtlety of, of a comment that was made by somebody was just like, oh, yes, it is a beautiful day today, isn't it? It's like a badly written high school paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other thing is, um, uh, you know, this is all part of what uh, the, uh, the SAG and AFTRA strike is about, right. that the people who are uh, members of SAG and AFTRA uh, are not being compensated for the culling of their voices to create... Uh, both movies and or commercials and or creative endeavors. So. Not you, Bob. <laughs> Why don't you always There's talk? There's a selfie going on right now. I'm just telling you it's not going to be you. Are you taking a picture of yourself, Gabe? Yeah. And and what is with that? your microphone? Is that your new, like, Facebook page? Pretending that I'm doing a podcast. Ah. (laughs) You are doing a podcast. You are. It's not your podcast. It's my podcast. This is real life, Gabe. You know, you have to do more. happening now. You know, you have to do more than just take the little microphone and plant it in the backyard. You you actually do have to. Hey, I unwrapped it. That was a start. I I saw a meme the other day that was a, it was a tech bro tweet that was like, uh, what if we did podcasts in real life without the microphones? And then the someone quote tweeted him, and it was like, "This guy just discovered like how to hang out with friends." In I real saw life. that. <laughs> yeah, actually, my husband saw that, and he showed me that. <laughs> I'm funny. like, "That's hilarious." Uh, <laughs> yes, we can hang out without microphones. As me being gone for the last three months has proven. <laughs> Welcome and then they'll make a TV show about it. And they'll call it Friends. <laughs> <laughs> but then one of them will die. Sadly. And then Gabe will come in. <sighs> Show his Ooh. picture of the dead one. Yes, then, is this the dead man here? They are, they already tried to make a TV show about the guy who made was it Wondery? No. Uh, what was the show? And the guy from Scrubs was in it. Anyone know what that one was? Nope. No. About what? Um, we're moving on. It was the guy who left uh, American Public Media and started a new company that was very prominent and sort of paved the way for all of scripted narrative podcasts oh. and I'm blanking on the name for it. And Dave overdid his medicine today. Just let him go. Documented it completely. No, I'm terrible with specific names. Let's just 
Someone will tell me. I, For all I, of you seven no, listeners out here, which might be half of the people that are sitting at this table, let me know when you figure out the name of the... I am not one of those listeners. Thank you. I'm, I'm sorry. I appreciate your honesty. You know, you've got an, a unique cum there. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and uh, it was a gentleman who was being interviewed. And uh, you know how you listen to things and you can tell when somebody's authentic and when they're not? Or when they're kind of... No, Bob, tell me about that. <laughs> That was so authentic, Gary. You've never heard anybody lie on at, at your well, work. No, no, but this is this guy was actually very good because he would talk about things and he would use very specific language about technology and things that were were done and how they were going about doing it. But when he tried to make a reference point of a person, he'd say, "Oh, that guy that did this or that," and then, "Well, I can't think of his name right now." And I started thinking about this guy, and I thought he really hasn't mentioned any other actual humans in his entire time he was on there. So then I looked the guy up. And there's, like, no information about him on the Internet. There isn't anybody that doesn't have some kind of information about them on the Internet. And uh, so I'm thinking the guy was kind of a charlatan, you know, that he was trying to chuck and jive his way through life and, you know. Kind of like me? Yeah, no, I mean, he was trying mm -hmm. to, like, sell books. And, you just throw vague statements out there. And yeah, then and it's just like, and, and people are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's really true. Yeah, oh, yes, I, I mentioned many humans on my podcast. <laughs> Humans are humans very entertaining. <laughs> we are enjoying this evening, aren't we? I had a question for Gary. I'll be listening. A question for Gary. Advertising. Okay. Do you have a choice of the ad? Like, you had the DraftKings, right? Was that it? Okay. I'm not... I don't care for the internet gambling thing. It's not like I have an issue with it, but... Like, if you were against it, could you, like, decide not to use a particular... They ad? pretty much know... So when I very first joined the network, they proposed a few things, and I'm like, no. Okay. And I think they, they figured out very quick what the limits were. Okay. Um, and I'm in the same boat. I don't, I don't have a problem with, with DraftKings. My only problem with the ad is that they have so many disclaimers. Yeah, that's just that I What I did is I literally had I read out the disclaimers, and then I put it at 125%, I heard, yeah, recorded I it, yeah. and then I saved it as that. And so I have the disclaimer saved as a separate file that I tack on now to the end of whenever I do it, so I can go, have a problem with the go to what? Yep. And I can yep. do it all really quick, um, Radio style. and you know I have to do it again. That's amazing, because I always slow it down so that I can listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Bob really uh, likes the sound of it. I just like this. The weird thing is, if I watch a television ad for the same thing, they don't have, they have it like in small print at the bottom. Yeah, oh, yeah. good point. And I don't right. know why... Why you need a separate disclaimer for Connecticut and New York, but mm. why they all just have different rules, a, different right? laws? Yeah, I mean, I understand if they want to have a disclaimer, they should just say have a problem with gambling. Go to DraftKings.com/slash disclaimer or whatever, where they could just have a catch-all thing that covers everything. Right. That's the only thing it, and it is. It doesn't make for a good ad. Yeah. Right. Because it takes um, up 50% of your time, and then that's all they were like, oh, skip, skip, skip. I don't want to listen to this anymore. I've noticed right? a couple where the there's the ad, and then the second ad, it's, it's the volume is super low. Like, you can hardly hear what the person I do, says. if it's in my voice, I record it's it all. It's like a... Oh, well, then, I, then I have no show, control so over it. somebody talking about their podcast, because oh. you can barely then hear I, it. If it's a programmatic yeah. thing, then I have no control over it. But every everything I do, I run through uh, Levelator. 
So there's times where I might be sitting and the mic might be here and the other times it might be here and then it might be here. So I run it through Levelator all the time so it's always the same volume. So, and all your ads are yep. you talking, right? It's not somebody else talking. Right. Oh, okay. It must because be they pay else. more for that. Oh, okay. So a host-read ad is like the gold standard for podcasting oh, and most advertisers want... If you're hearing an ad that is not my voice, that usually means like in the last month or two... I've had a, a, an increase in traffic, so my inventory has been greater than what has been sold. So they're going to fill that with programmatic stuff that's not mm. stuff I recorded. Okay. All right. Think about it like if you get a referral from a friend, do you trust that more than a referral from a stranger? Yeah. Like yeah. the host becomes your friend in a sense. And it's like, yeah. oh, Gary's talking about DraftKings, so I trust him and I'm going to gamble all my money. <laughs> my wife's money. So are they, are they implementing like just run of schedule ads then? I mean, you obviously still get compensated for them, but they just randomly put in whatever they have. No. Um, can you select with your platform that you're using, can you select which categories to drop into for programmatic ads? Because no, I know Spotify had issues with that because like, they had a lot of like Alcoholics Anonymous podcasts and they were dropping wild turkey bourbon ads on it. <laughs> Those, I mean, they know that my, my show is very... I have kids and yeah. families that listen, and, but, but at the same time, my show is very brand safe. Yep. I never swear. I never... You know, talk about anything controversial, never talk about current events. So they know that. But I mean, I've done, I've done episodes on alcohol. I've done it in the history of wine and uh, things like that. And I'll probably do future episodes. We've I've had a, a bourbon distiller that wanted to run an ad. And I was going to do a sponsored episode on like the Whiskey Rebellion, uh, talking about bourbon. I learned a ton. I, uh, you know who Samantha Brown is? I don't think so. The Travel Channel? Yes. Yeah. So she had like the big show with Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. I'm friends with Samantha Brown's husband. I'm good friends with him. And we were in Puerto Rico in August, in September. We were sitting next to each other at this dinner. And he, I started talking. It's like, yeah, I had a bourbon distillery. And he's like, which one? And I was like, uh, I forget. I went and checked. And I was like, this one. He goes, oh. And he goes into this big thing about bourbon barrels and like the life of a barrel and what it could. And like, I didn't know any of this shit. And I was like, I could do an episode on that. Like, there was, was more to it. Like yeah. bourbon barrels have to come from, you know, pristine oak trees. They can never be used. And then once they're used, like, and then here at McFleshman's, uh, there is a beer on the menu called a, a triple debaucherai. Yeah. Which is aged for a year in a whiskey barrel. Right. And I've always thought that the whole aging and the barrel stuff was kind of BS. Mm. Like it right. didn't really matter. So he gives me a sample of it, and it tasted as if there was a shot of whiskey in the beer. Mm -hmm. I had that. It just came from the aging in the uh, the oak cask, oh, yeah. Yeah. and I was rather shocked at how profound a difference it made uh, to the beer by by. So, long story short, yeah. there's something to this like this barrel thing. <laughs> and I would have no problem doing a uh, an ad for right. a, for something like a bourbon distillery that's you know through through all that I was imagining a bourbon ad targeted at kids to get their kids their parents to buy bourbon. Hey kids, I'm Burby the bourbon. <laughs> Joe Camel. <laughs> Are your parents stressed? <laughs> right. Is your dad crying a little bit? Get him some bourbon. <laughs> 
Uh, but to, as of as of right now, I've never done. Uh, you know, DraftKings is the closest thing I've done to something that would be like that. Yeah. And again, I have no problem. I have no problem with with uh, sports betting at all. How about doing a promo for a mortuary funeral home mortician podcast? <laughs> is that where this is leading, Gabriel? <laughs> You know, the thing if you're about- listening to this, you do not need my services. <laughs> <laughs> but in case you do, or if you know someone who just happened to drop in, uh, you know the thing you were saying about the disclaimer with the advertising with television uh, is covered under the same rules and/or law as. Uh, you know how you watch the television and you see a movie. The movie comes to an end and the credits go by at like 900 miles an hour on half the screen. And then the new movie is coming on on the other half of the screen. And that was all covered under the, the, the SAG and AFTRA agreements of the previous uh, contracts in previous years saying that they had to show those so that the proper uh, accreditation was given to everybody involved in the movie, even though you can't read it unless you were able to slow everything down. It's the Tivo. same thing with... Huh? TiVo. Someone feed him. Um, so anyways, it's covered under the same basic parameters. Yeah. Regulations that come down from federal levels, but then the state, or gubernatorial, which I learned is a long word to meaning related to the state, Related to the governor. Related to the governor? Gubernatorial, yes. Is the state governor. Which is where most governors are. <laughs> Correct. Just saying. Hey, back to the bourbon barrel thing. Here's a smart little marketing tool. You get those kids that are 10, 11 years old that start begging mom and dad, hey, buy me this bourbon so that in 10 years it will have aged properly. <laughs> There you go. There you know, it could be an investment. I know people that like buy a scotch when they have a child. I've heard that too. And then they let it oh. age 18, 21 years. And oh. then it's kind of like Packer season tickets. Huh? So you just I had. You can wait half as long. Yeah, I, I like had a idea. bottle of brandy that um, when. Was my, she a fine girl? When my aunt came. What a fine girl. What a true wife she would be. Anyways. Um, That's my So, anyways. <laughs> um. So I opened this bottle of brandy because this aunt loved brandy. I gave her this little sip of brandy. Nobody in my house drinks brandy. I don't drink brandy. I put the cap back on it, put it on the shelf, and I forgot about it. 25 years later, she comes to my house, right? And she says, well, sure, I would love to have a brandy. And I thought, oh, damn, I didn't buy any brandy. Oh, but I got that bottle. So I go over, I open the bottle, I pour you know, a shot of brandy, this, and she drinks it and goes, oh, that's smooth. That's lovely. And I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's old. I mean, it lasts. Right? You know, should I my tell you? My mom has a bottle of white wine that they bought at Flanagan's Stop and Shop <laughs> in 1974. No. Oh. And that it has can't been be in a refrigerator almost the entire Why? time. Why? Why? <laughs> but it, it's, it's at a point now where it's like you wouldn't want to drink it. Right. Because you just, you just let it roll. Just keep her going until it gets to, you know, really, really, really old. Um, well, what kind of wine? What kind of white is it? Just, I don't know, some sort of white wine. They were not a wine-drinking people. I don't even know why they ever bought it. Oh, okay. It was a cheap-ass wine. I mean, there are some whites that you can age for a bit, ones that have been aged in barrels. Um, what, like, you're, like, a... Like the French one, like the uh, Sauterne or a Sancerre, like those ones that are a little bit sweeter, those ones can handle some age. Um, but generally, I saw you a don't two, age. 200 year old bottle of wine in Spain. 
And it, it was, was it like white, though? <laughs> it was decrepit. It was like <laughs> dusty and there was yeah, you would, I, I think it would taste horrible if you opened it. Yeah. But I just had a podcast that I did about um they had um in Scotland, they had scotch that uh, they had discovered in some castle from the 1500s, and they were going to sell it. It was going to be auctioned off sometime here in the middle of November, like around the 17th or something. And, of course, they had, what's the big auction house in England? Um, Sotheby's, Sotheby's. Uh, something like that, yes. Um, Bottoms. Uh, Bottoms is the, is the big one there. That's, uh, I like, only know him as a drummer for Led Zeppelin. Let's well, yeah okay. No, he said Bono like you Bono, too. Bono, that would be different. Yeah, you. Me too. You too. Wow. <laughs> oh well. Okay, you're up, Jess. We're waiting. What? What am I supposed to do? There you go. <laughs> How's the podcast going? How's your advertising on your podcast? Oh, the ad- I saw you the, put a post about yeah, that. the meditation well. Yeah, so um, uh, Gal, who is a fellow yoga teacher, and um. She does life coaching, somatic coaching, uh, really focused now on, sorry guys, but focused now on, I shouldn't even apologize, right? It's natural function of the body, but she's focusing on um, embodying your cycle. So helping women to, to helping to support women through every phase of their menstrual cycle. Because every week is a little hey, bit different. Hey, she said the word menstrual cycle. They rang the bell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what timing? That was beautiful. Um, but yes, so we have partnered. I put her ad on the meditation well for the first time today. That episode oh. came out today. So, um, yeah. Hmm. She's local, but she also um, does life coaching for people all over the world. So oh, wow. You're talking about natural things in the body. Uh, people who are doing yoga and guys who lift weights, they all fart. It's okay. so true. It's just one of those things. It's just like, I'm going to lift this now. Oh, okay. You know, I'm sorry. but It's so funny. I had a gentleman that I used to work with early um, when I first started teaching and I was actually teaching at um, Flashback, a jujitsu place on College Avenue, off of College Avenue. And he he farted, right, during mm-hmm. class. I never acknowledge it, right? Like, I'm just like, this is a natural function of the body. I'm not going to try. I'm not going to make fun of you. But... He kind of laughed. No. Okay. You no, like look over and go, whoa, I don't embarrass people. So, um, but he, to, like, he kind of laughed a little bit. No, not so far. Not so far. But then after class, then he like said something about it. And I'm like, you don't, it, like, it's fine. Like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> I'm just going to do a quick shavasana over here to the window, turn on the fan, and back we go. Salute the sun. And you look at him next time and you say, you know, in my day, kid, all you had to do is pull my finger. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so you are starting to get some more local ads. Was that just through, like, natural conversation that that come up? Or did you cold prospect that ad from her? Or is it just like... Well, so I have it out there that I'm looking for people to partner with nonprofit organizations I will run ads for free so um, the, our, our I'm trying to 
just basically keep a consistent, keep ads on the podcast consistently because before that I was just running ads for That's Deep and we're, we're no longer doing That's Deep. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, that it's a natural and logical place to put uh, a request for advertising uh, is within your, your program sure. as you're doing. But are you doing other marketing things as well to try and get people to pay attention to your uh, your uh, podcast? I mean, are you like putting flyers out at stores or are you... Uh, yeah, so far, no. No, okay. No, um, but that may be coming. I, I'm open to suggestions and advice on that. So Someone right now I'm mostly just I'm for. mostly just on Facebook and LinkedIn. So just posting and okay. and uh, Instagram. I feel like you're which are wonderful. I mean, they're very content, very though. you know very good. It. Uh, I think that is helpful though for you know that auxiliary engagement because so far no one's really created a podcast app with social comments. Well, good pods I guess, but no one really is on good pods. Spotify's trying to do Fountain. Fountain also did that. I th- feel like only the true dedicated nerds are on those ones, though. It hasn't hit true public. Like I get Spotify comments every day for the responses to Q and A. Technically, well, I just have it set up as a generic leave a comment type thing for every episode. Yeah. Nobody uses the actual polling. Can they respond to people yet? I don't think they can. I don't care. The problem with the way Spotify set it up is you can only set up the question after it's been published. Once it's been published, most people have already seen it or downloaded it, so it's kind of a weird... I think they are trying to improve that and making them like YouTube's comments in terms of they go live right away rather than being you have to approve them. But anyways... So, um, I will tell you that uh, a while back, there was a certain young man who didn't make a few of these meetings, who, when we first started out, or I first started out, we, he gave me like 500 flyers to mm. go and hand out and to uh, put up in stores, and uh, I had them all the way from Green Bay down to Oshkosh. Okay. And he did a great job. Yeah, at it. but did he ever tell me about whether anybody oh, saw them or mentioned them or anything? No. And then there was another time when we were doing the uh, promotion for podcasting for the uh, Mile of Music in the Inch of Podcast, and uh, that same young man had me go up and down College Avenue on possibly the hottest, most beastly day of the year, going in and trying to convince people to put also flyers up for that. The things we do for love. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you need to expand it beyond podcasting. There's probably more people that have YouTube channels and... To be other cre- types of content become creators. a creator network here in the valley yeah we're just not big enough to have a solely podcast podcast yeah. group well i mean we've got what 95 mm. members i mean at least that 68 so, wh- what should they actually have podcasts should they be contacting gabe or what this is on my butt. I'm just saying. It's like, that was what? Was that from Mario Kart or something? Or? It is from Mario Kart. It's a gold mushroom. It means you can tap A and get a speed boost every time you tap A for like 20 yeah, seconds. Any of the red mushrooms. And thank you for none of you attending my Halloween bike ride Friday night. What Thanks happened? for the personal invite. I don't own a bike. Oh, and Sorry. are we hurt? Is that what you're saying? I am hurt. Um, no, so okay. I don't own a bike. Oh, well, I, have, I can have loaned you one. <laughs> you know what? And I, I, I discovered after an 18 mile bike ride with a friend of mine that I am not actually a big fan of 
of biking. That's a little far, <laughs> though, 18 miles. I like walking, and I like running. But eventually, I will probably have to bike because my knees will give out from running. Yeah. Because you can, I mean, you don't have to ride 18 miles. You can ride shorter. So yes. <laughs> I went out, and my bike is up in the rafters in the garage, so I just climbed up there and rode it there and thought about you down here in Appleton. It was, <laughs> it was interesting, you know. Yeah. Okay, so getting back to advertising. Getting back to what? Advertising on your podcast. Sorry. You're supposed to enunciate. Gabe and, uh, uh, go ahead. So suppose me or anyone else of us gets our podcast really going hardcore. Could we advertise on your show, or how does that work to get to... How would we, we advertise to, on your how show? Would we, yeah, yeah, there you would go. We so, pay, or how does that work? No, you can do ad swaps, and I do... Those are all managed by my network. Okay. Um, the problem is, I have all my inventory almost completely sold out. So I have all, I've had almost no um, inventory for ad swaps for the for months, okay. and I've explicitly told them like they're like, "What do you want to leave like five or ten percent for ads?" I'm like, "No, I would rather run ads and make money. And with money, I can buy goods and services <laughs> that I could do with the Thanks beer, beer. Yeah. Yeah. thank you, drink you beer, drive beer. a car, yeah. have an apartment, all kinds um, of fun stuff." So that's normally how it's done. Okay. I I don't think my show would be the I would start with shows that are around your size. Do oh, okay. do feed drops. Those are the the most effective way, I think, to to grow a show. What is a feed drop? Right. A feed drop is when you put an entire episode of your podcast in someone else's feed. So I just oh. did one two days uh, yeah, yesterday. That's how I found out about your show. Right? In my that? opinion, ideally, it would have an introduction from the host of that show, yes. not just be a blind drop in. Yeah, because I think that's how I found out. It was everything or uh, History Daily, right? Yeah. That's so I'm going to be doing out. a feed drop with a friend of mine, Lou Mangiello, who does the Walt Disney World Radio podcast. He's been doing this for years. Oh, my gosh. He has a big audience. And years ago, I went to Epcot Center with him, and we walked around to all the pavilions for the different countries. And I explained as we were walking what it was actually based on. Because I'd been to most of those places. Went to the Canada Pavilion. I'm like, oh, these were the ones that the Canadian Railroad built these things. And this is like the Chateau Frontenac, the Chantal Laurier, and the... The history tour of Epcot, basically. Exactly. And uh, so we recorded that episode. So if and when uh, I do a feed drop for them, we'll do the feed drop of me, the episode that I was on, uh, yeah. talking about Disney. Yeah. Mm. I think that's where it's like the collaborative nature of podcasting, YouTube, and everything else. It's like that's. Did you enjoy that compared to other episodes? I walked around Disney World. Right. I mean, <laughs> so you were, you there's were, more fun that comes to it because it it challenges your creativity. You're doing something different, something and interesting, did, right? Did you call it like everything everywhere Disney? <laughs> this is this is way before I ever started my podcast. This was. Uh. Oh, got it. So did the Russian Pavilion have gulags and stuff There's like that? There's no Russian Pavilion. Oh, see, would have been a good one, right? <laughs> well, yeah. It is purged, purged generals. Canada, France, Italy, the United Kingdom, the United States, Mexico, China, Japan, Norway. I'll take America for a hundred, please. And so the way it works is like each of the pavilions, people from that country work at the pavilion. Oh, really? And they have their own dormitories and stuff for people that work at Epcot. And it's a common thing for you know for someone from that country to come over. They work for six months. Um, they get some time off. They can go explore America, make some money, and, and do whatever. And it's a pretty good deal. Hmm. Did you go on any rides? 
There aren't really many rides in Epcot Center. Or Disney World? Did you go, you go there and go to It's not a ride. Yeah. They got a good fireworks show. They've started to add rides to Epcot, but they're slowly. I'm just saying Disneyland. That's where the I place to go for me. Norway is the only one that the ride you know. right now. Yeah. But yes. But anyways, feed drops are probably the most effective thing to do. Okay. Uh, right. To find a show like yours and then try to cross-pollinate the audiences. And I would go for finding those. Podchaser has really good lists of just other popular podcasts out there, and you can search anything and anything. And there's a bunch of user-generated um, like podcast lists that Good Pods, other ones have like lists upon lists of basically free contacts to go and reach out to people and be like, "Hey, I listened to your podcast. I think we have some good, you know." Mm-hmm collaboration between our audiences i would love to come on and so, talk about this specific thing maybe if you have a, a, a more so it's kind of like tinder story. for broadcasting is what yeah. you're saying yeah <laughs> swipe left swipe so right. it's like finding you could find kind of categories or subjects through pod chaser yeah fairly easy okay pod chaser tries to be imdb for podcasts oh mm-hmm. and they got purchased by scripts a cast they got purchased by a larger Except that one so. they're actually podcasts on imdb as and, well. and yeah. what did you call that Drop, what did you call it? Feed drop. Feed drop. And usually the episode will be there for like 30 days. So basically, if I have a podcast about formaldehyde in the distribution world, I would contact you and say, hey, (laughs) would you be interested? (laughs) Yes. Assuming funeral directors listen to the I got a buddy who makes caskets. Yeah, they does a podcast. Pine Box, the podcast. I just had this mental image of Gabe working and having the podcast on in the background. It's not a good sight. <laughs> of me working? <laughs> Get you a lavalier microphone and you can do your job while you uh, record. There you go. An idea, a concept. Maybe we could do a combination with Jess, you know, yoga, dead people, or yoga for the dead, or... Sorry. All dead, right. dead people fart. Well, <laughs> unlike they every do. other podcast, we introduce ourselves and give plugs at the end <laughs> of the show. <laughs> we're going to do Deadward Dog. Deadward, Deadward Dog. dog. <laughs> Downward Dog. Downward Dog. I think he knew, what, he knew what he was saying. He knew what he was saying. He was just trying to suck us in on <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, well, let's go around. We're about an hour in, so let's wrap it up for this, and then we'll go offline oh, after yeah. this. You're not here for so long, and now you're wrapping it up. Well, we can still hang out afterwards. Well, it's just, I'm just thinking about what a listener would want to listen to more than 10 minutes. We're already past this. six and possibly seven people that are listening to this. They're desperate to know what will happen after we stop recording. <laughs> and we owe it to those six or seven people. And face it, David, if they're still listening now, they've gotten way past the point of no return. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. question about they they've walked away and are doing the dishes. Shaking their I'm, heads sure, saying, I'm God, sure that there's more. So now you've earned the right <laughs> to tell them where to find your podcast. Your advertising and then Patreon? And Tom, go first. Are you almost there? All right, quiet on set. And we're rolling. Doesn't even cover rent. My name's Tom, and I have a podcast coming out called Smoke Screen. I think I could do more with it, but my schedule is. Someday soon. You heard about it on the last APC Presents episode. I'll turn those people down in the mix at a later date. So it sounds like Patreon. There's people calling you. Why doesn't this guy have his podcast out? Why is this so chaotic? I'm excited to listen to it. No, you're not. Can I hide like you hide on your pictures when I take pictures? There you go. Oh, that's, put that finger down. That's what you do. 
Well, at least someone remembered to take pictures. And Gabriel, you're still working on your podcast? Yeah, somebody else go first. I, yeah, right Tom already first, went. He said he's time. got the smoke screen. Unless you can get to the point where you're doing at least 5,000 downloads an episode, you're not going to be able to make significant money advertising. Okay, correct. So you're going to need to rely on Patreon or selling a product or service. Or love and passion for what you do. Gabriel is working on a podcast yeah. um, about uh, a crooked, I hate to say it, a crooked funeral director, which most of them are not, contrary to popular belief. But crooked anyway, or funeral directors? <laughs> Both. <laughs> so anyway, that I knew personally and that... Um, what does that say about you? A lot. But anyway, are you crooked so, or are you a funeral director? I'm neither because I haven't been in the business for 21 years. <laughs> which, speaking of which, my friend passed away and I told his wife, well, I'll go with you to the funeral home, you know, up in De Pere, help you out. I was totally lost because I've been out of it so long. <laughs> I was just like, I was figuring What's I was going to pick and... What's changed? Oh, a lot. They've got a AI lot. everywhere. <laughs> Trust me, you get these old... The classic story is you, 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 I worked for corporations, too, besides privately owned. So you get this higher-up guy that's been an embalmer, been in the business, but he hasn't seen a body or dealt with a family in 10 years, right? So you get a celebrity or somebody important in, well, I want to go work that funeral. Like the guy that worked Richard Nixon's funeral for uh, oh. Rose Hills, right? So he locks himself out of the hearse because he hasn't driven a hearse in 20 years and didn't realize that Cadillac hearses will lock themselves if you leave the engine running. Things like that. Okay, like, that's just driving a car, though. No, but that's other things. <laughs> I don't think things, that's unique to the funeral no, industry. No, but things change. Or you hearses. stay... I did a long period where I wasn't... Working. I mean, nowadays, the corpses get up and dance. Well, they do. No, but I was... there. I went through a phase where, like, five years where I wasn't working funerals. I was strictly meeting with families and doing a... So yeah. I go back to working funerals. Things change, even the most what you think typical Mexican Catholic church that was majority of our business they, they change people not doing selfies with the corpse no it's just it's stuff changes so it, there is there is uh, differences in the business it, yeah. it isn't static so are you gonna are you gonna do a special podcast like today is what is it uh, Dia oh, Dia, Dia La Morta right? yeah, yeah. Although I had a friend of mine post he's Latino and he said if anybody uh, that isn't Mexican does a Day of the Dead face, you know, skull face, yeah. that's cultural appropriation. And I'm like, shut the hell up. <laughs> Who cares? You know what? It's all Saints what? Day. People yeah. celebrate. Yeah. I mean, the, but the skull thing, that's a Mexican yeah. tradition, but... But you know what? It it only goes back, not as far as you think. Um, the biggest promotion behind this, I just did a podcast about this. Oh, okay. Um, there has always been the traditional reverence for people who have passed away and having the little altar and the memory of, of people. Yeah. It's no different than the Japanese who have their ancestors who they worship. However, the big party thing with the you know the candy skulls and all that kind of stuff became an even bigger deal because of the James Bond movie Spectre. Really? You remember, you, you, do you remember the movie? The movie starts with the day of La Muerta, where they're chasing the bad guy and they're and oh. they're having the big party. They did the movie in Mexico City. Okay. Okay. Mexico City had never done that before. The, uh, the movie was over with, and the mayor said, "You know, that was kind of fun. Let's do that as a chamber of commerce kind of thing." And they've done it every year since then. I believe it. Party. But I just thought it's not like somebody wearing the sombrero with the the gun belts like Pancho Villa, which I don't have a problem with either. But that's what the, the guy was saying, and people. Love the holiday. They love Halloween and stuff. So it's not cultural appropriation. Right. Just shove it up your butt. You, you know, it was he was 
being pretentious. Anyway, so I'm like... Is that a funeral home thing? I'm sorry? Is that a funeral home thing? No. Shove it up my butt? So any of you... uh, (laughs) Not that I know. If you want to wear a skull face tomorrow, I have no problem. What if you put that cork there and they have gas? (laughs) And they have to fart? I it was more of a screw device. Is that what it is? Oh, it's getting kind of kinky now. And... They do not sit up. People ask me that. They do not sit up. What, do they roll over, play dead? They do nothing. <laughs> but they right. don't. Well, I tried to wrap this up. Let's move on to Gary if you want to listen to What do you think we are, a bunch of mummies? Undertake, undertaking podcast that will be out someday. Unfortunately, that's the best I can give you. Coming soon to a podcast player near you. Gary, and short and sweet. Yes. Thanks, Gary. Jess. Hi. <laughs> I'm Jess. And, what are you working uh, on right now? You're welcome. No, I am working on The Meditation Well, which is yes. a meditation podcast. I will be publishing my 30th episode. Woo-hoo. 30th episode. Three episodes a week. Um, just short guided meditation. That's it. That's all it is. So it's perfect for anybody that's new to meditation. Yep. It's perfect for anybody that just wants a quick boost of rest and relaxation and I am always looking for input and feedback on it so if you are a meditation in the title of the podcast no is it the meditation well or is it the meditation well (laughs) (laughs) no it's the meditation well it's open for interpretation yes meditation is it a physical well or is it a metaphorical well it's a it's a little bit of this a little bit of that well uh what if you're going through the (laughs) drive-thru If you're going through the drive-thru? Yeah, remember you said you weren't happy to talk to those people. You weren't feeling Oh, yeah, well. you should probably be doing some meditation. That can Just help. Just give me the food! That can be... That and can they're help. short, right? They're right, like but that's the... Th- okay, three, four minutes, right, so yeah. meditation, yoga teachers, meditate. Right, I'm a yoga meditation coach. Um, I'm also a human being. <laughs> I'm not uh, some divine guru that can Oh, you just blew the whole image for us now. I mean. <laughs> that can provide you with some great enlightenment, but perhaps if you listen to my po- to my meditation podcast, you might find enlightenment from within. Um, but I'm a human being. I fuck up all the time. <gasps> now I have to learn this episode explicit just for that. Brief, too, right? Your cast, aren't they like oh, yeah, super five short. minutes or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of unwell people, you, uh, up next is Bob. I'm not done talking to Jess. <laughs> Jeez, he gets so bossy. He's not here. He comes back. He thinks he's in charge. We know Gabe is. <laughs> Who's got the login for the website, Bob? Gabe. And besides, <laughs> Gary's right. the most successful one here, so he calls the shots. No, he just buys the beer. That's calling the shots. Okay, they go with the beer. What's wrong with you? Well, if you call right. paying rent and all paying that. Paying rent. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, like any of us are paying rent with our podcast. Well, what was exactly. your uh, question? Uh, you were talking about uh, med- meditations and mindfulness and whatnot. Uh, do you ever or have you ever looked at uh, the teachings of Teach Not Han um, and uh, his uh, kind of the father of mindfulness kind of thing? So... So I'm familiar. Yeah. Um, mindfulness is one of the most well-researched out there. Um, and so whenever I, I like to guide different styles of meditation. So this week, I, uh, they're single image mm-hmm. so, and super, super short. Mm-hmm. So, um, but mindfulness is, right, it's, it comes actually from uh, Buddhist Vipassana, it is observation without attaching any value judgment is the way that I describe it. Um, John Kabat-Zinn was the one that popularized it in the West. Um, so, it, I mean, there's science behind it. People, mm-hmm. 
feel better, people think better, people are able to regulate their emotions better often when they use mindfulness meditation. I think the problem where we're talking about the internet, we're talking about social media, we're talking about you know, just getting distracted, I think the problem that a lot of people have nowadays is that we do get so easily distracted and it's very, very difficult for people to slow down, which is why it's so important for people to slow down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And your show is wonderful. I, I haven't listened to, to it. So. Oh, thank you. I appreciate yes, it. I agree. There you are. Do you feel enlightened? Uh, well, you see, I'm mindless as opposed to mindful, <laughs> so I have a long ways to go. Um, I am working on it. Um, I might even write a thesis, but... Anyways. So I was right to introduce you as someone who is unwell. Who is what? Unwell. Like there's a surprise to that. And now that we know that you can't you know, right. levitate on your own, we were kind of disappointed. You know, it's like... Wow. That is yeah, unless sorry. you had to get back to that gas thing. So anyways, all right. Yes. Bob, um, your turn. You just re- recently reached a goal that you had planned after a year. Two people have listened now. Mm. Um, no, actually, um, you, can listen, you, can listen to the, you can listen to the podcast on Swellcast. Um, I also feed it out to uh, uh, LinkedIn as well as uh, TikTok and uh, uh, X and uh, to different... Formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, different uh, sites. But um, I, I do have a, a company that tracks everything. And as of yesterday... I had uh, 453,647 listens. Listens. Awesome. So, Yay. and I was hoping for 450 by it because I started it a year ago on yeah. on Halloween. I did a uh, uh, one on Harry Houdini, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was kind of fun. I'm hoping to hit another big number by the end of the year. Um, Near an episode a day, correct? Or uh, actually, weekdays. I am four to six episodes Multiple a day. Episodes a day, yeah. And uh, um, right now, I've got like 800 and 34 episodes that I've done. So. so, yes, Bob is a different breed of podcaster. They are shorter, but you also have that radio mindset and are able to, you know, produce those five to six. From Now, let's just get this get this straight. The yeah. podcasts are shorter, right? Not the podcaster. <laughs> well, you're short compared to me, but everyone's short compared to me. I'm six foot four, so I cannot really... Uh... Well, I'm very close to that. I'm four foot six. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm five foot sixteen on a good day for me. So, ah, oh, excellent. Anyways, thank you everyone for listening to this podcast of the Appleton Podcast Co-op. If you are interested in becoming a member of the Appleton Podcast Co-op, if you have a podcast of your own, or you're interested in podcasting yourself, go send ahead your and- money to Dave Kelso. Uh, I thought Gabriel was taking the checks. No, we don't trust him. <laughs> Whoa! All right, I got the power back. I'll, I'll, I'll take the, no, I'll take the money. Director. I volunteer. All right, That's send ridiculous. your money to Jess. She's got a Patreon, uh, ready to go. Anyways, thank you for listening. We'll see you next month. Bye.